0: Like, I'll actively be pacing, like, with a whiteboard and thinking, okay, this is how I want this to kind of play out.
1: Welcome to Living a Life Through Books. Thank you for joining us. I'm your host, Dr. Shinaz Ahmad. I'm chatting with the author of Gems of Osana into the Wild Barons, Christian Sterling. Sterling is a Nashville-based author with works ranging through a number of genres. Born in Rhode Island, Sterling grew up with a passion for reading and writing, which followed him into his career. Prior to writing novels, he worked in the music industry and major network television in a number of roles. The author's works include the American Parable series, Death Row, and his 2019 release of the fantasy series, The Gems of Elsana*, Part one of the series, The Gems of Elsana: Into the Wild Barons, will be released on July 17th, 2019. Do not miss it. And without further ado, let's continue author conversations with Christian Sterling. So are there any other genres other than what you talked about American Parable, what other genres do you want to write? Maybe uh, you want to write a steamy fantasy, or I mean, no, I mean a steamy I romance. I don't. No, so, I don't. I just, I'm just kidding, My Mom. But.
0: Who reads fantasy? Is like you should write romance. Makes so much money. You gotta make. You gotta write a romance. But I, I, you know, I, I kind of, I'm not good at writing. I have little tidbits of romance scenes, but I don't know if I could stretch it out into a whole book. American Parables, kind of like a fringe. They're kind of like gang members, criminal, nitty gritty. Um, I wrote one called Death Row about an artist on death row. That's a novella that I was really proud of. And then I do have one that I actually released before Gems of Elsana. I'm not sorry, not released. Actually wrote it. It's just sitting finished. Mm-hmm. Is is one called Bandits? Um, that's sort of a modern Robin Hood. Oh wow! Um, I'm really proud of, and I've, a few people have read it. It's my family who, who have said like, you know, I think this is as good as Elsana and probably better than American Parable. Um, it's again, but it's again, I wouldn't know how to market it. It's very difficult to market to that, you know, I'm, I'm focusing on something that I can market well now and kind of make a name for myself. I feel like I've been doing that in the Instagram space and whatever independent publisher, independent author space, and then uh, maybe release bandits later on. So it's just, it's nice to have a novel in your back pocket, really.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And especially this one's going to be, once you start getting your followers, mm-hmm. your following, Mm -hmm. you know you're going to get that following into Mm -hmm. book two and book three all the way to nine and it's only gonna grow
0: and i feel like this like american parable growing the smaller following that i had it was plucking one each with like it it was a little difficult like getting one each one at a time and this one it feels like it's been a very natural like almost a domino effect where like you mentioned you're seeing people post about instagram all over it and it's like I've been able to just kind of give it to enough people and it's it's spreading on its own, which is what you want to see in marketing. And that was kind of the game plan. And it's nice to see the game plan falling into effect a little bit, at least for the time being.
1: There you yeah. go. Very yeah. good. So when did you find out that you were a writer or that you wanted to be a writer? Like, how old were you? What was that whole discovery process like for you?
0: It's funny. I was, I've always been a creative um, to my core. And I think I always liked to write. I was always good at it in school and English classes. I always got great marks on it, and, mm-hmm. and the teacher would always kind of call it out. And But I also, I mentioned I was in the music. I really got into music, and I really um, I loved to write. And I was, I was a pretty good guitarist. I was, I was confident in my capabilities, and I went to school for it. And um, I always noticed, though, I couldn't say everything I wanted to say, even if I was writing a song. Mm-hmm. And, it was just me being stupid that, you know, writing was the answer. But I always I did that. And then I was in the music industry and then I moved to Nashville and I was still in the industry. And I kind of went through a phase of self-discovery again where I kind of hit the reset button and say, it's, you know, I like music, but something's missing. And I tried, you know, I wanted to write maybe for comedy at one point. And I loved writing the jokes. and I even tried stand up comedy and I did OK, but it didn't feel like it was like a puzzle piece fit. Uh And and I had this idea for American Parable in the background. I thought that'd be cool. And within the first few pages of writing American Parable, it was the light bulb moment. I love to write. Do everything I want to do while writing, especially books. I can control the characters, jokes, epic moments, everything. Everything that I've been trying to do, it's kind of all in one. Over the next couple of years, preceding me releasing Alsana... And starting this release it was just like learning how to write and getting up to snuff you know and I always loved to read grown. I was an avid avid reader and so mm-hmm. I felt like I had enough of the groundwork to know what makes a decent book and a decent story and and I was kind of you know sculpting it out from there sculpting out my voice really and I feel like I found my voice and and I'm kind of ready to roar with it I guess so to speak
1: good. do you have any um writing habits any specific writing quirks?
0: Yeah, yeah. I found some are intentional, some are unintentional. I've noticed that every book I've started, I write the first scene or chapter, and this is unintentional. And then I put it down, and then I'll I'll not come back to it for a month. It's almost okay. like I, I have to taste what I'm writing, and then I kind of let it, let it sit for a minute and say, like, okay, those were, those are were what the characters are like. Because you have the idea for the character, but they don't come to life till you write them and then you're kind of like they marinate for a little while. Mm-hmm. So, I, so I do that. When I'm writing a, a book, I tend to get a little obsessive about certain scenes, and then I write, 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 and then I edit it and fix it up the way I want. And then sometimes I'll step away from the book and plan out an arc to a greater degree. If I if I have a rough sketch for what I want, then I'll sit like right now, I'm, I'm actually midway writing through the second Alsana book, mm-hmm. and And I've been sitting for like three weeks, just like I I want this arc in the book to be absolutely perfect. Okay. So it's been a lot of like, just thinking, like I'll actively be pacing like with a whiteboard and thinking, okay, this is how I want this to kind of play out. Once I, when I know what I want to write, I really try to sit down and and just try to go with the flow and, and write it and not try to. It's almost like if I'm thinking of the words too much, you know, I can go back and flower up the language and ever and everything but I find it easier if I'm just thinking of the scene and playing out mm-hmm. the scene, what the characters are doing and just go with the flow and then the words kind of pour out of me from there so that's really at my core of my writing process
1: so it's not a I'm gonna sit and write every day from 8 p.m to 10 p.m do not disturb I'm gonna I- sit there and just write
0: uh, no, I think that for me, some people write like that, but that's too regimented for me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: If I force myself to write when I don't feel like writing, if I'm tired or I don't have that creative wind, then it's not going to come out any great. And I have enough of the creative wind happening that, you know, it's, it's almost like you got to catch it like, Oh, I'm in the mood to write now. I'm, right. I'm like, even if I'm staying up later than I want to I have it and I'm going to get this done so it's really you got to kind of catch it when it's ready I do try to sometimes there are things I can do to get myself in almost the mood to write so to speak like I'm um, listen to certain music or I think about the scene and and w- whatever I'm going to do and then and then it kind of I can get momentum from there if I get myself to write the first page that's set up for something exciting then then I can really go from there
1: okay what's your favorite scene in El Sana. Uh, yeah, Nalsana. Yeah, What what was your favorite scene? What did you like? Oh my gosh, I can't wait to write this. It's like this
0: and, is <laughs> And Into the Wild Barrens. Man, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of good ones. I think the I had to pick one. It was the scene you mentioned where you thought it was going to be kind of a nuclear bomb fruit, but Jim Jimboa kind of provides another food that saves them and there's that moment where everyone even the bad guys kind of like there's like a gulp moment um Uh and that scene was just sort of like a very original i thought when i say original like just an original idea that i had for these books i think that one kind of holds a special place in my heart you know i'm a very early idea i call them to, to people you know that are reading the book um, and editing it you know i call it originals like when i mentioned before i have cool scenes that really um encapsulate the book and i connect the dots from there but there's also the book in the chapter uh, a fiery welcome when they're going to save the princess and i don't want to spoil too much but what happens there in that scene i think is it's kind of the heart of the way my story goes it's that i'm going to give you the classic fantasy themes and settings, but I'm also gonna flip it on its head. So you're getting the world that you love, but I'm flipping it. So
1: does the princess that, really need saving? Are we talking does. about are we yeah. talking about <laughs> the same princess yet?
0: Yeah, spoiler alert for people who read it, uh, you know, Princess Bloom, you know, she she's not the situation there is not all it seems. So there's more to that like situation. Really? Yeah. Right. <laughs> so <laughs>
1: I want your next book. Yeah, you better send it to me.
0: Right. So,
1: um, any regrets with this book? Anything you feel you could have done better, or
0: um, regrets? Not this one was so mapped out. I think as I'm writing the second one, I think like, oh, it would have been cool to do that to set this up at some point. But I think that's that's every aspect of life. You're like, oh, I wish I. I to the supermarket at this time to pick that up. So I, don't to, I wish I got gas last night instead of on the way to work this morning. I'm rushing <laughs> it's one of those that minor things. But no, I think as I start to have to make um, major decisions for major plot line changes, I think that's when it almost changes the, the dynamic of, of anything that's happening. I think uh-huh. I almost get like an inkling of regret, but I have to kind of stick to the plan for the sake of the story. So no, I don't think I have any regrets. Everything that's been on that paper was very well thought out and executed the way I wanted to.
1: What are your uh, goals? I mean, I know you said nine more books. Yeah. So is that your, I guess, your short-term, long-term goal? I think. Talking one book would be a year a book, or what are we talking about?
0: I think I'm looking, at least for the beginning, this is like such speculation because I'm million things could happen between life and the way I want to market the book but the second book I'm thinking at the beginning of well first quarter of uh, 2020 so maybe yeah yeah maybe eight months between the first and the second because especially as an independently published author I don't have a publisher keeping it fresh um, and in the mind's eye of people constantly through their big marketing campaigns so I've kind of got to release a second book in order to keep it in the eyes of people so Mm -hmm. that's what I'm thinking right now but in terms of the whole nine books I don't know I'm going to finish this trilogy and see where I am see where the success of the book is if I release the third book whenever that may be and feel like I need to get more people's attention on this this book before I start one of the other trilogies I probably market it a little bit more so can't say for certain but I plan to write the nine probably over the next decade or so, hopefully a little less than a decade, but somewhere in there. That's good. Uh, That's exciting.
1: That is. And then uh, while you're writing these, maybe you'll start another one, you know, who knows, Uh, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe another, I don't know if I do another fantasy because there's so much going into a fantasy world and there's so much I can do with Alsana. Um, I think somewhere between releases of these books, I'll probably go back to American parable and I might re-release them and, and do something with them and use whatever platform that I've grown, um, with Alsana to try and market those books in a certain way, because I have five books planned for that series and, you know, I'm really proud of it, but it's, um it's a little more difficult to market to the demographic that i'm in touch with now it's definitely you know, the male readers the few male readers that i've come across are all about it because it's so like it just has that masculine vibe and you know it's nitty-gritty and you know there are sh- strong female characters but it's from the perspective of largely you know three or four different guys and these different gangs so
1: mm-hmm.
0: um i think i'll go back to those books at some point they they have a very special place in my heart but um, for the most part, I'd like to catch a nice rhythm with Elsana over the next few years. Yeah. What
1: about the cover of Elsana? You had someone do it, right?
0: No, I did it.
1: You did the cover yourself. Like yeah. when you say you did it, did you actually physically draw it? How does uh, that work? Tell me about it. Tell there's me. a lot
0: of different ways you can do it. Some people have it drawn out. Um, I purchased the rights. I got rights to different like paint brushes and everything for like the ivies and the vines and. Um, and the swords and different artwork but it's like you know, there's just a it's what's called a vector image so it's just black and white and you've got a and i had to do what's difficult is doing all the editing so it looks like the book has texture and like that leathery texture and it's been mm-hmm. faded and worn and i've got a there's a lot of work that goes into it so i didn't draw out all the ivy and the accented designs but for a large part of a lot of books coming out today it's a lot of what's done is templated so i did i did design the book but I didn't actually draw all of that out. I just kind of pieced together a lot of different images that I captured the rights to and then made that the cover.
1: So you literally took these images and on a screen just added them, little here, little there, little there, and...
0: Yeah, and it took a lot of editing of the images again because, you know, again it's just black and white, and I have to do all the fine-tuning editing to make it look like it's that golden kind of script. And yeah, like I was
1: going to ask about the, the gold.
0: Yeah. I just thought I didn't want to do anything too on the nose where it looked like into the wild barrens, and we're in a desert and there's a lot of lush and green in the book. So it just felt like classic fantasy again, with the green faded background and the gold writing. Um, And then I'm working on the cover of of the second book right now. I'll be completely honest. I don't have the book done, but I'm doing the cover because I'm headed to Florida in the next few, few months. And I, I want to have promo photos on the beach uh, because some of this book takes place on beaches and everything. So I'm All trying right. to get that done. Yeah. So um, I'm working on that now. But that's that's kind of what I do when I'm putting, you know, I piece these different elements together um, wh- along with the font and, find, you know, find the right mm-hmm. font. You know, I found a font that I loved for the first iteration, for the first edition um, of the cover. And it was nice, scripty font. And I was like, this is my font. This is going to be my brand. And everyone, when they see this font, is going to know it's Alsana. And then as I was scrolling through Instagram,
1: I start oh, no. there's a word
0: for it, I start every fantasy book with this font. Oh, it no. was just like oh, it was no. like a fantasy
1: font.
0: and it was okay and I'm glad I caught it before I had released it. That's just something, you know, it was almost a positive thing because I wanted this to stand out in a different way and still capture that fantasy feel. It was just kind of funny, and I would st- I started screencapping them. I don't know how or where I'm going to put it in a presentation or a lesson one day about, like, branding because all of these, these fantasy covers use the same font now. So it was, just, it was just kind of a funny moment where the next day, it's like, oh, this is everywhere.
1: And that's it for now. Join us tomorrow for the final part of this series of author conversations with Christian Sterling. You can contact Christian through Instagram at Christian Sterling G. You can always reach me on Instagram or Facebook at living a life through books. If you have found this episode enjoyable, please take a moment to write me a review. It is through your reviews that my podcast can be most searchable and can rank higher. My website for living a life through books and my other lifestyle motivation and travel adventures is on shanazahmed.com. That is S-H-A-H-N-A-Z-A-H-M-E-D.com. My website and logo was designed by Alia Rahman. She's a St. Louis-based graphic designer and surreal artist. You can contact her at aliarahman.com. That a r a h m a n. My starting and ending music was composed by my husband, Brad Slavik. I'm Dr. Shanaz Ahmed with Living a Life Through Books, signing off. Remember to water the seeds within you. It's time.